This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And welcome to another edition of Sminty Fiction, which is uh, once a month. Uh, this is an ongoing story. We are at chapter 10. Whoa. Oh. <laughs> so go check out the rest of the chapters if you haven't heard them already. These are the work of Christina. Amazing. Um, makes them sound so good. Uh, this chapter is getting split into two again because I'm really bad at chapter length, I guess. Uh, but it, it got kind of overly long, so we're having this one. I will say for the content warning, child endangerment, disease, pandemic, heights, uh, panic attack sounds. Oh, yeah. That's a little teaser oh, yeah. of what's to come. Yeah, like I've I've said in all of these, I get it if that is not your thing right now or ever. <laughs> That's Totally cool. Uh, but yes, this is something I wrote during NaNoWriMo in 2010. We are getting to a part I'm very, very eager to talk about. Like, I, I've liked talking about all of this, but there's a part coming up where I'm like, oh, <laughs> I see what was going on. <laughs> yes, I also say, as I said in the last couple of ones, I spent way too much time worried about, like, the maps and the directions. <laughs> like, it's very clear that I did. Mm -hmm. Apologies for that. Also, I know this is not accurate in terms of the stamina, stamina of a child. Like, when I was reading it, I was like, wow. <laughs> so, just put it out there. Just to put that out there. Okay, so quick recap. Uh, humanity is dying out due to a sex-based disease. A new government has taken control alongside a religious group named ARM, and they control all aspects of conception. And if a child is born, uh, they control where the child goes. Um, our main character, Tilda, has escaped with her infant son, Madison, and they've been on the run for seven years. And now the elements are against them. The enforcers are hot on their tracks. And after suffering an injury from the enforcers, Tilda... And Madison meet a kind woman named Lynn who helped Tilda recover and told her about a resistance 
and possible cure in Kansas City. So that is where we are. That is where our duo is heading. So let's get into it. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. When Tilda woke several hours later, neither of them had moved. Her muscles screamed at her as she shifted under the blanket. Madison moaned softly in his sleep, rolling over to face her. His young face hypnotized her for a long moment. When she broke free, her eyes roved over to the window, but she couldn't get a good read on the time. The dark curtains prevented much light from getting in. For the first time in a long time, she wished she had a watch. She dozed off, the warmth of the blanket slowing her back to sleep. Madison, moving restlessly next to her, awakened her to a darker room. Blinking away the sleep, she looked over to the child, whose puffy eyes stared into hers. Tilda smiled at him, pushing herself into a sitting position. Her back cracked and she scooted off the bed, Madison tracking her progress but making no effort to move himself. She could understand why. After the warmth of the blankets, the cool air ate at her bones. You hungry? She asked, voice rough with sleep. Pulling the blanket closer around him, he nodded. Joints popping, she first pulled aside a section of curtain, judging by the light that it was late afternoon. Replacing the fabric, she trudged over to her pack, unzipping the second pocket and sorting through the provisions Len had sent with them. How about a granola bar? Is there a peanut butter one? Madison turned over to face her. Grinning, Tilda pulled out a bar labeled Honey Peanut Butter Oat for him and Cinnamon Almond for herself. Pulling the water bottles out, she sat at Madison's feet handing him his bar and water bottle. His fingers fumbled with the wrapper for a second before it tore open and he bit off the corner. Tilda's own bar tasted better than expected, though the dry granola got stuck in her throat. She had to take a swig of water after every bite. It's good, Madison said quietly, already almost finished. Do you want something else? They could always pick up something else while they were here or in Kansas City, though she'd rather avoid it until they were further from Topeka. Madison considered it for a moment, munching on his last bite, but shook his head. Tilda finished her own, wiping the crumbs from her jacket. How much further? Madison asked, sipping at his water. About 13 hours. We need to get ready to leave. Downcast, Madison nodded, finally shutting himself of the blanket. 
Tilda took their now dry and stiff clothes from the radiator, folding them and replacing them in the bag, stuffing the blanket on top. Then she started pulling on her boots, hat, gloves, and scarf, Madison doing the same next to her, struggling a bit with the laces. Tilda reached over and tied them for him, wrapping his scarf around his neck. He tucked on his hat and gloves, looking up at her for direction. Tilda slid the water back in the bag and zipped it closed, swinging it onto her shoulders. Inspecting Madison one final time, she swung open the door, checking down the hallway and finding it clear. With Madison's hand once again in hers, they left the motel. Dusk was falling. Tilda cast a sweeping glance around. The familiar anxiety at being out in the open surrounded by possible hiding spots gnawing at her insides. With quick, trotting steps, they took the exit ramp and got back on I-70. Darkness fell quickly. They had slept away most of the day, and night came sooner as fall encroached on them. Gradually, her legs loosened, and they settled into a relatively quick pace. They didn't speak, a fact Tilda lamented but figured was for the best, both to keep an ear out for the enforcers and to not draw any attention to themselves. Tonight, the sky was clear, pinpricks of light and a sliver of moon illuminating the road with a silvery glow. She had a passing sensation that they were wading through a sea of space, an alien world of strange light. The absence of any sound, no crickets, no owls, no rustling leaves, added to the effect. For hours, they walked into the night as it grew steadily darker and then slowly shaded lighter again, a purple twilight contrasting with the dark outline of the ground. The sun rose where the road and horizon blended together, a mirage of fire shimmering on the asphalt. It gave Tilda the impression the road went on forever, meeting with vast space and stretching even further, but as they kept walking, they could touch the sky. Red and orange light spread like a lifting curtain, the edges of the trees fiery. The fingers of warmth touched their faces. Skyscrapers and buildings loomed in the distance, the sun a perfect circle, still large and orange from its rising, hung over them. They passed a sign that read Kansas City, eight miles. They had been walking 12 hours, only snacking on some almonds and trail mix through the night. Madison looked ashen with exhaustion, but he kept up with Tilda, uncomplaining. Dull's senses came back online, the open fields on either side of the road making her extremely nervous. Is this it? Madison croaked, more tired than hopeful. Yes, Tilda replied, her steps growing more tentative of their own volition. This whole plan seemed stupidly naive now. She had half a mind to turn back. How could she think there would be a way for them to sneak in when this whole region of what was once known as the United States was flat? And of course there would be enforcers here. They were in Topeka. But these thoughts only slowed her steps, her body mostly on autopilot now. The building stood like specters, forbidding and ominous, dark squares of broken windows like eyes watching their approach. A river separated them from Kansas City, the bridge spanning it missing sections towards the middle, slabs of concrete held up by cables. The once artistic network of wires connecting the road to the metal structure arching over the river had almost all snapped or broken away, only a few remaining intact. Tilda could not think of a reason for this other than the slow erosion of materials going so long without maintenance and natural occurrences like tornadoes, but even given that, the damage seemed severe. The air was unnaturally still and silent around them, as if the whole world was waiting on the edge of something. Tilda was falling, and she couldn't stop, her path aligned from which she could not stray, not for long. 
all roads led to here. They took the closest exit, Tilda reckoning entering the city through the suburbs might, might provide them some level of cover. Of course, she'd have to consult the map to locate the Liberty Memorial, but the chances of the resistance actually being located there were remote, Tilda's mind. She chose to put off thinking about what they'd do if, and most likely when, the Liberty Memorial turned up nothing. With Madison so clearly exhausted and she herself running on fumes in the last vestiges of adrenaline, she toyed with the idea of finding an empty house and resting there until night fell again, offering them some additional protection as they searched the city. Now that they were here, however, she wanted to find something, some indication that this had not been a fool's errand. The lure of somewhere they could be safe, of a place that might have a cure, was too strong. A siren song keeping Tilda going, even as part of her labeled this as dangerously reckless. Houses, all similar in build and color, packed the streets tightly. Tilda had the brief notion that they were in a maze of tombstones, those empty houses ready to swallow them whole, the rows of them never ending. They walked down the thin alleyways between houses, breath puffing in the cold. The passages were narrow enough that the two could not pass through them side by side, Madison trailing behind Tilda with a tight grip on her gloved hand. Tilda wondered fleetingly if any of the houses had people in them, but quickly squashed that thought. She was on edge enough as it was, feeling that she was navigating through a colony of slumbering beasts that could wake at any moment. Emerging from what must have been at least the 20th row, a green sign caught her eye glinting in the sunlight at the end of the residential street where it met a main road. It read 23rd Street Bridge with a faded white arrow pointing to the left. Knowing eventually they'd have to cross a bridge, Tilda led them across the street and further down, planning to follow the main road while under the cover of the houses. She hoped that this bridge was in better shape than the last one. They waded through the fences and debris cluttered in between the houses, Tilda keeping track of the road as they progressed. Signs for the bridge let them know that they were on the right path. Navigating through the seemingly endless sprawl, Tilda began to doubt the bridge's existence. While time held little meaning for her these days, she had become a pretty good judge of distance as a result of their nomadic life. By her estimation, they'd covered a distance of about four miles since taking the Kansas City exit, the sun now almost midway to its highest point. The road veered sharply to the right, away from the line of buildings. It rose steadily, forming a low hill over muddy water. It wasn't like most bridges Tilda had encountered, with no wiring or support on the side of it. It was simply like the road on either side of it, with a long, sloping ramp to enter and exit. Near it was what Tilda guessed had once been a railroad crossing, iron beams forming a tight diamond pattern of crisscrossing support, but the bottom of it had collapsed, the tips of the bars poking out from the river below like spikes. They stopped for a moment, Tilda studying the structure for any flaws that a part of her hoped to find. Madison mirrored her hesitation. Do we have to cross? He asked in a tiny plaintive voice. With a controlled exhale, Tilda nodded, and he made a small noise at the back of his throat, staring up at her pleadingly. He could feel it too then, whatever force propelled them forward in the deadness in the air, waiting, relentless. They stepped out from the cover of the buildings, Madison slightly behind her, and onto the road, the soles of their boots gripping at the incline. The bridge looked intact, but Tilda knew they would have to be very mindful. The ramp was steeper than it looked, arching steadily upwards. Cracks littered the cement, but the road felt relatively stable. Still, Tilda chose her steps carefully, as did Madison behind her. 
She couldn't tell if the wobbliness was in her knees or the structure beneath her. As they ascended, the cracks turned into missing chunks, gaping holes in the asphalt for them to avoid. A deep indent in the road indicated where the ramp ended and the bridge began. The ground fell away beneath them, giving way to a steep drop in a muddy river. The water flowed noiselessly, carving its path, eating away at rock. The air that previously had been so still gusted over the river, buffeting them. Madison clung to Tilda, who adjusted the straps in her backpack to keep it from catching the wind and knocking her from her feet. She couldn't make out what awaited them on the other side. The rise was too steep. The holes grew more frequent, cracks spiderwebbing across the length of the bridge. Tilda cogitated over every step like one in a minefield. A mighty gust of air made both of them stumble, her left foot balancing on the edge of a missing chunk. Madison whimpered hunching over to minimize the effect of the wind. Swallowing her fear, Tilda pressed forward, squeezing the tiny hand gripping her own and coaxing Madison forward as well. They had almost reached the peak. A large section of road was missing, with only thin slivers on either side and a network of support bars remaining. Tilda steered them to the right, a sturdier-looking option than the left. The absence of railing of any kind made Tilda's stomach do flips and quickened her breathing. The slab was narrow enough that they would have to cross single file. Keeping a hold of Madison's hand, Tilda proceeded first, pausing each time after she planted her foot, testing to see if it would hold. Another rush of air buffeted them, Madison nearly falling, Tilda yanking him upright with what must have been a painful grip on his hand. She stole a glance back at him, taking in his glassy eyes full of exhaustion, but kept alert with adrenaline, darting around wildly like a wild animal caught in a trap. They needed to get off this bridge. Once they had steadied themselves, they started again, the task made harder by the incline. Tilda counted each step, not allowing herself to look ahead to think of anything other than where to plant her foot next. Seven. Exhale, regroup. Eight. She wobbled, her arms outstretched like that of a tightrope walker. Nine. The wind gusted. She held her breath, inching forward. The sliver met with the rest of the road. Tilda sighed in relief, her legs like noodles, when they could move away from the edge of the bridge. Her first look down at the other side of the river revealed nothing out of the ordinary. The road sloped downwards now, making it almost more traitorous. A piece of concrete crumbled beneath her feet, and she slipped, catching herself with her free hand and almost pulling Madison off balance with her. Taking a moment to get her bearings, Tilda eased back to a standing position, never letting go of Madison. She teetered for a moment but regained her footing, heart galloping in her chest, pulsing in her fingertips. The descent didn't take as long as the hike up, and Tilda could have collapsed in relief when they reached the other side, the pavement unfurling before them smooth with cracks. The ramp wound to the right before twisting back again to the left with a steady decline. Swollen knees made Tilda's gait jerky. She felt stilted, as though she were a scarecrow losing straw with each step. Now that they were off the bridge, the wind had died away, and the air was once again still. Madison grasped her hand with both of his. She could feel him trembling. His breast came shallowly, uneven. Tilda ran her other hand through his hair slowly, hoping to calm him. Directing her eyes back to the skyline, she searched for any sign of the Liberty Memorial, Scanning the outline of the bridges gave no hint. She really had no idea what it looked like, but it sounded like something she'd know once she'd seen it. Madison tripped when they reached the first curve, falling to his knees. 
Bending over, Tilda helped him up and then hoisted him into her arms, almost groaning aloud as the tendons in her already sore back protested. She had hoped to avoid carrying him when the threat of enforcers was so real, but at this point, she'd pretty much have to drag him anyway. I can walk, he mumbled, voice grave with exhaustion. You've walked enough. She adjusted her grip, pulling her legs to withstand the weight as she took her first shaky steps. It's been almost 14 hours. I should have picked you up earlier. We'll stop soon, I promise. He nestled his head into the crook of her neck, sighing. She rubbed his back, searching for somewhere they could rest until he recovered some strength. It was foolish of her not to stop when they first entered the outskirts of Kansas City. Now they were more exposed than ever and too tired to do anything in the case of danger. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. And that brings us to the end of this uh, chapter 10.1. We'll get the second half next month of Terminus. Uh, Yes, you could definitely see... How much I was focused on the directions and the details in this one. I would love for anybody from Kansas City to write in and just tell me I'm way off. Uh, <laughs> Did you think, say part of this is in Lawrence? Yeah. The Supernatural, which, by the way, is named one of the best cities to retire, apparently. Really? Like, I think it's like a top 20 list. I think they made it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> there you go. Fun fact. <laughs> Fun fact. Well, as I told you, I stayed in Lawrence and part of the whole thing is based on my road trip experience. So (laughs) when I was there, it was under a lot of construction, but I'm sure Hmm. 
maybe that's what's going on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it's, uh, I mean, I liked it there, but it was under a lot of construction. <laughs> um, this is also like a chapter where I feel like it really showcases an idea that I love, which is just like, if the world is dying out and like aliens come what will they think about like amusement parks? Like if you don't know what these things are, (laughs) (laughs) what do you think that they are? (laughs) So that's certainly, that's certainly on display here. Also, you can tell a thousand percent I was in my walking era. This is when I was walking everywhere. (gasps) Um, And that's why I'd be like, it would take an hour to do this because I just knew like, if you walk, that's how long it would take to get this distance. Could a kid do it? No. <laughs> no. Uh, but I did not care about that. Um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, you, you know, I used to walk yeah. everywhere. Like, places that were way too far away yes. to be walking. I, I was like, why did it. you do this? <laughs> so it'd take me a whole day. Yes. I'm like, well, I finally got here. And you're like, why? <laughs> well, I was like, what? What? <laughs> it's about to close and I need to head back. <laughs> It was a whole, it was a whole time for me. It was a whole time. But yes, uh, hopefully uh, you enjoyed this edition of Sminty Fiction. I love doing them. Christina makes them amazing. Uh, So uh, we will be back with part two of this chapter uh, in a month's time. But in the meantime, if you would like to write in, if you have any suggestions we could do for pieces like this that are in the public domain, that'd be really cool. Uh, you can email us. Our email is stephaniamomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at Most Up Podcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. You can also find us on YouTube and we have a book. You can pre-order it at stuffyoushouldreadbooks.com. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina, our executive producer, Maya, and our contributor, Joey. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.